0: Like, oh, we should have hit the pod. There you go. Hello, Sophia.
1: Hey, Dan. How are you?
0: I am good. I'm always a bit better when the sun is out. Unfortunately, the weather, weather is on the ship. Oh,
1: sorry. You'll be able to hear Susan in the background. Can you hear that noise?
0: <laughs> I love that Susan is a Susan. I, I love animals with proper human names. I think we had this chat last time, like a cat called Steve or a dog called Dave. Yeah, it's- brilliant.
1: So great. But anyway, yeah, the dogs are playing in the background, so I might take them out if they disrupt us. Um, But you were saying you're enjoying the sunshine.
0: Yeah, always. I don't think I get that seasonal affective disorder, but my mood is 100% better when you wake up in the morning and there's daylight outside.
1: 100%. I think everyone can. Well, most people, obviously some people prefer winter and that's fine. But yeah. I definitely prefer the sun. So we decided to do this podcast quite last minute.
0: Yeah, it does not on- going to be a podcast. Yeah. We are just going to do a live. I think initially, but yeah, well, we could record it, have a chat about it because you've done something similar as well. So we thought you're quite apt, apt timing wise as well. Because talking of the weather, this is—I know this is a conversation we've had in private. It yeah. is fairly apt because a lot of the people that we work with or a lot of the people that we interact with. They're being subjected to a lot of this only eight weeks to summer, only six weeks to summer. Think how miserable and awful that your life is now. How much amazing would it be if you lost a bit of body fat, which you and I both know isn't entirely helpful, especially when people feel bad enough about the shape of their body a lot of the time, or it just takes up a lot of headspace. So we wanted to give a realistic take on a a couple of things that we have both done
1: yeah and i've got some questions from some of my clients as well so we'll do those at the end um but yeah tell us about your experiment i know you do explain on the video but i know like you said we're getting into summer we see these messages online that we are bombarded with all the time but there's definitely an uplift um and do you know what like I see these posts all the time and like summer body transformations, bikini body diets. And I'm like, do you know what? Every coach has to market themselves. And if some coaches, if that's their sort of client and that's the way they help people, fine. Like it's not the way me and you do things. um, But for some coaches that is their perfect client, their target audience. I get that. It's more, you know, it's more than okay. And this I would
0: if it's all right with you is I feel like I, you and I both do like a lot of caveat in we do a lot of because I do it this way doesn't mean that anyone else is like I don't want to do that this one
1: okay are we because, back sorry <laughs> Are we banned from doing
0: that? We're not banned. I just think that, you know, I I think like we, and I mean this in the polite sense, and, you know, if anyone is listening, I I feel like I've got a good enough relationship with you. So I'm not like interrupting you or being rude or anything, but we we caveat these things so much. It almost diminishes, I guess, the work that I feel we we do on a deeper level with people. So, yeah, I totally agree. There's nothing wrong with those programs, but I, I do think that people that come to us have done various incarnations of those over the years, and ultimately, realised the things that they set out to improve haven't improved. So it's, mm. it's whether they realise it or not. Because a lot of people think that that confidence, that better relationship with themselves, that ability to go into a restaurant, choose something off the menu, not stress about it, the ability to go on holiday, stick a bikini on or trunks on and not pinch and grope bits of yourself, that comes with improved body. But you and I both know it's not necessarily are- the case. And also, I think that you have to go to uh, for a lot of those programs as well. Are Just totally unrealistic for a lot of people.
1: And will actually worsen body image as well. We know uh, that's the yeah. case. And I, th- I think if coaches are selling those programs and saying, I will improve your body confidence for summer, I will improve body image, I will improve food relationship, that is completely wrong. Because the research shows us, I think I say this about 15 times a day, the research shows us that if you are over restricting, dieting short term in an unsustainable way, body image worsens like 100% because people are weighing themselves probably most days. They are taking photos, taking measurements, looking for physical changes all the time, you know, lifting their top up. And I know this from my recent dieting experience. My body image worsened over the 12 week period because. I was looking to see if I had an outline of abs. I was looking to see if my like delts were showing more, if I had like, what is it? Striations or something. Is that how you say it?
0: Striations, yeah. I like
1: got a vein on my stomach and I sent a picture to my coach. I was like, whoa, this is (laughs) weird. Um, Not that people should aim for a stomach vein because it's not all it's cut out to be. But anyway... (laughs) So yeah, we know that happens and tell us about your experiment then and how that sort of links into all that stuff.
0: Yeah, arguably experiment, arguably confirmation bias, because it just confirmed what I suspected anyway. So we see with a lot of the transformations and that's not to poo to poo on all transformations, but
1: you've just done it there.
0: Yeah, OK, I have, yeah, <laughs> true. I know, Counter to my own point. But I feel the, the truth of it is this isn't everyone. But anyway, so with um <laughs>
1: <Hashtag novel pages.
0: laughs> with um a certain amount of visibility comes power and with that power comes reinforcement and influence. So we have an accumulation of our industry that is largely built on diet culture and the suggestion that people are of a smaller body, a leaner body, a more muscular body are happier people, their mental health is flourishing and like they're living life to the fullest but you know possibly with some of those aspects you know your body image does improve up until a certain point towards when you get to closer to your body ideal is what we have is these metrics become super focused as you said and It worsens because you're having to go to greater lengths to push the bar. And that's what people do, is they have aspirations on looking a certain way or being a certain way. They get closer to that and actually realise they don't feel any different. So those goalposts keep moving. They just keep moving. It's
1: important. um, I always say this, and again, it's important for some people and not others, but for people in larger bodies, there is a certain period of losing body fat that for some people and most people if they're on a fat loss journey will improve body image and body confidence alongside the other work but what you've mentioned there is that cut off point
0: Hmm. yes it becomes almost that that inverted you that reverse bell curve effect is it it escalates to a certain point people feel better they're functioning better they're performing better they're thinking more clearly they've ingrained all these other habits but to To push the bar that much further obviously comes with more restriction, more expenditure, more time, more brain consumption, cognitive capacity at its limit, thinking about food prepping, taking the next step to food weighing, all of those meticulous things that people do. And those are the aspects that are largely glorified. So we have. I don't know whether it's the correct phrase, like a beauty privilege or a body beautiful privilege in the fitness industry. And that that is put on a pedestal. That is glorified. This is what health looks like. And I think a lot of people are still unaware of the unhealthy lengths you have to go to to attain those figures. So when yeah. they're on front covers of women's health, men's health or certain influences that you've, you follow, that their life is that, you know, An influencer's job is to influence, coerce, manipulate people to buy products, which is often on the basis of how they look, which is why people leave Love Island and they've got a supplement to sell or they, you know, they sign up with someone else. And with that influence comes power, right? That's what has the most visibility. So I wanted to actually get into your question and the point, the clearest representation and the most authentic way I could do that was I obviously couldn't use anyone else's body. Yes. I didn't want to go to the lengths of being it prepped, photoshopped. I have a history with physique competition; arguably, I was a participant, but I've done many photoshoots over the years. And not only didn't I want that weight for myself, because I, I do have aware of certain unhelpful thoughts that creeping, having gone through that process so many times, which perhaps we get onto. So, this idea came into my head. I contacted a local videographer that a friend of mine that I know quite well. And I just said, like, how do you fancy doing this? I don't want to prep for this, don't diet for this. I've got a busy couple of weeks, don't really want to think about it. But I think the fairest representation we could do, bearing in mind, I, I have a certain awareness that I would be classed closer to a male body ideal. Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: Yeah, in of, Yeah, without yeah, in that check. being a brag of any sort. So I didn't want it to be, I've dieted for this, I'm in an extreme condition, and how can we make this look better? But I said, if I come in, can we just do some shots and solely just manipulating the lighting manipulating what you can kind of touch up with a little bit of photoshop positioning twisting contorting without totally making it unbelievable can we ramp up the after pictures and can we knock back the before pictures just just to show what can be done without all the crazy things that other people would associate with that so without I think my last comp was 24 weeks of dieting without without Multiple times a day of training without the ridiculously low calories, without the depletion um, sessions, the carb loading—you know, all the crazy
1: stuff. When you finish telling us about this, I want you to tell us about that process, and then I'll talk about it from a just from a photo shoot perspective as well, because I think for people to know what goes into that look that might be for. 10 minutes on stage mm. or an hour in front of a you know with a photographer I think that could be really helpful um but anyway sorry to cut you off carry on no, we, we
0: can go into the depths of that I don't really talk about that these days it feels almost like a past life not because it's there's any secrecy attached to that it's just because that's not really a, a focal point for me it's not really how no. I work with people it's not really an interesting I had this this chat with Charlie on a podcast yesterday because we were talking about um this paradox or almost contradiction you have working with people, because having had that past, having predominantly worked with people with aesthetics only, I've taken people through many photo shoots, I've prepped people for competitions, is you get to a point where you, you, you're you questioning yourself because you're in this industry, you're in this business to enhance people's lives and work towards health, right? And that means whatever your subjective view of that health is, is to make few people feel better. But then- yeah. When you do start taking those extra lengths towards vote issue or beyond that towards competition, and you can see how people are ostracising themselves from the social circles, they're living out of Tupperware, they're meticulously tracking, it. it just felt so counter to all my personal values that yeah. I just it it was unhealthy. So. I couldn't in good faith and sleeping well at night, being the knowledge that I was actually contributing to making people feel worse, despite them really wanting that, despite them doing it for a set purpose.
1: I get that. I actually qualified first in sports performance nutrition.
0: Mm.
1: And I started doing a bit of work in that and with a few athletes. And even, so I never worked with physique athletes, but for me that wasn't enjoyable because I think what we all have to accept 100% is that there's a type of person we work with and then there are athletes that have to eat a certain way to achieve a look or achieve their full potential in their sport. And then we have some people that choose to live like athletes. And whether that's healthy or not, that's, for me, I'm like, that's not up for discussion with me because I look after my lifestyle people. And if some people want to live like bodybuilders or live like marathon runners or whatever people want to do that's fine and maybe they'll do it for a period of time and love it and they'll take other things from that that they'll apply to other areas of their life like i know i used to live like a bodybuilder so this is like nine years ago so i'd recovered from eating disorders and i was very much justifying disordered eating behaviors through dedication discipline hardcore. i walked around with abs i had a vein on my stomach most days and everyone would be like, oh, my God, you're so dedicated. Like, what do you do? How do you, like, look like that? So I thought, oh, this is fine. And when you've had eating disorders, for people to be like, oh, well, at least she's eating something. It might all be out of Tupperware, but at least she's eating regularly. She trains in the gym. She's strong. Without realising, actually, I was doing six sessions a week. I was doing an hour of cardio a day. Um, Everything was out of Tupperware. I was like, and I'll, I'll be honest, I did... Probably have a lot of people talk about it like it's the worst thing they ever did. I actually loved it. Like I did um, have some nights out, I did have some flexibility, nowhere near as much as I have now. But at the time, I was like, you know, thriving in my career because I was applying that discipline and dedication to other areas of my life. And now, what I want from my health and fitness and my physique is very different. But there's still elements of that that I use. And I'm like, if I can get on the Stairmaster for an hour every day for a year and a half or however long I did it, I can do literally fucking anything. And actually, that's a very privileged way to look at life. Um, but I think, and I was literally having this conversation 10 minutes ago with, do you know that, you know, JP, his wife, is it Corinne? Is that how you pronounce it? Corrine. Corinne. Corinne. Do you know, she does martial arts three times a day, a day.
0: Yeah, I had a chat. So J- JP actually prepped me for my 2013 show. I work oh. with JP. I've, I knew, uh, I've known Corinne and JP since they lived in Harlow, which is Essex, which is my way. So I've known them for years. But yeah, Corinne's got into BJJ, hasn't she? Yeah.
1: Three times a day. Yeah, so I, mean, like... I mean, that's
0: her applying her bodybuilding work ethic to a new sport. Right. But
1: she's still, yeah, but she's still waitress. Anyway, I was, he was telling me about it because I saw it on his story and I was like, a day. And he was like, yeah. And then I was like, wow, that's superhuman. And some people, they can do that. They want to do that. Like, that's their drive, that's their passion. And us talking about this isn't to take anything away from, I mean, that's the top. of the world (laughs) yeah
0: but but, but people look look at outliers like that and by outliers I mean that in the most respectful sense because there is no I guess balance that people that we work with would aspire to have because that that is their sole focus right and that is why they're so successful in those domains but what what you mentioned there which I think is, is such a valuable point is the the social which is kind of what I alluded to at the start is the social reinforcement that comes with being that way, so when you're dedicated with your diet, you're eat, eating out of Tupperware. You look a certain way, even if you don't feel that amazing. There's a certain amount of applause that comes with that. There's oh. that comes with that. So you saying you were coming out of your eating disorder, where largely, you know, we, we, we can talk about that being a men- more of a mental illness rather than it having yeah, yeah. anything to do with your your food um, or training. But then you're documenting your progress with your physique and everyone is giving you a pat on the back for that. Whereas possibly at that time, that wasn't what you needed.
1: No,
0: 100%. And I see a lot of that in social media, actually. People that document eating disorder recovery with physique Mm. updates all the time. And um, with the applause, again, the celebration of that, the social reinforcement that comes with that. I just wonder whether it keeps people locked into this, and I'll refer to it quite often. This self-imposed prison, where you're being mm. judged solely on your appearance, you're being objectified based on that appearance. So you you feel you have to fulfil that to a certain degree. You have to maintain that. So regardless of it making you miserable or not, or being compelled, right? Because we often talk about intent, separating intent and behaviour, and we can we can acknowledge things are really helpful for you. And you, you're doing that to support something that closely aligns with you. So personal value might be health. So, yeah, you go out walking every day. You train a few times a week. You're conscious about how you, you nourish your body. But when that becomes a compulsion and someone mm. feels like they have to do an of cardio a day and they have to weight train and they have to meticulously track every macro, that is when it teeters into the unhealthy part. 100%, 100%,
1: especially as a sort of lifestyle person as well um and it's very easy like you said when people are looking at social media or looking to people for inspiration looking at athletes and thinking that that's normal and that's healthy and that you know we've got like you you said before women's health and men's health the people on the front of those magazines are not overall healthy they're not probably even physical health physically healthy you know because of what they've had to do to achieve that look for that photo. Even bodybuilders themselves will admit when they step on stage, they feel fucking like shit. Their health markers, their hormones, their sex drive, their quality of life is on the floor. Like no bodybuilder stands on stage and says, this is something that everyday people should aim for. Yeah, going into the fitness industry or people that start the health and fitness journey, that's who they're following. That's who they're looking at. They're looking at these athletes, like, oh my god, they look amazing. Yeah, but they feel like shit, and it's not healthy. And I always say to clients, I can't, I can't. Were you on the panel where we talked about losing the last ten pounds or five pounds no, or no, however much? It all blurred into one that weekend. I can't remember. <laughs> <who>. <laughs> I can't remember who was there. Uh, who was where? Sorry, but um, and it was like if people have this goal or physique goal they want to achieve do it, go for it, and then see what it takes to get there, and if you can maintain it, because you will have to, and people, again, look, and you'll have this with clients, because I do, they'll be like, oh, but seven years ago, I weighed this, or I fit into this size jeans, or I had this physique, and they're looking at it through rose-tinted glasses, you know, they aren't And if I break down the realities of what it took for me to maintain that physique eight, nine years ago, there's no chance I would choose to live like that. Like now I can just go and have a coffee. And if there's a slice of cake that I'd really like the look of, I just get it. I didn't do that then. I didn't even have milk in my coffee back then. Like what the fuck is that about? Like a splash of milk was a no. Yeah. So... You know, when I break it down and when people break down what it took to maintain a body, maybe it was before kids, but priorities and life has changed and people have gone through mental, emotional trauma and stress. That means that actually looking like that just isn't important to their quality of life now.
0: Yeah, I I feel a real sense of responsibility. And I'm certainly not putting words in your mouth, but I feel this responsibility to present a counter narrative Mm. because I I find it may be that people that have maybe haven't done physique competitions or haven't gotten kind of photo shoot condition. It is a lot of the argument, I guess, from the bodybuilding community or the physique community that I've seen is when someone more from a body neutrality or a body positivity movement says, there are aspects of this that are unhealthy. They turn around and basically say, well, what the fuck do you know? You've never been there. Whereas I feel like as someone that has sense. been now, because I'm very much for informed choice as well. I'm not here. I'm not, I'm not sitting here now telling anyone they shouldn't do those things. I'm more for informed choice and more for body autonomy. So you do what you want with your body, but I feel a responsibility and an obligation to highlight the positives of that, but also let you know about the negatives, which aren't often spoken about. Because- we have, yeah. uh, a, you know, we have an overcorrection and a pendulum swing, but I, I feel like that swayed so much one way that smaller, more leaner, more muscular bodies are the epitome of health and everyone there is, their mental health is in the tip top position and they're flourishing as a person when well, that's not necessarily the truth. No. So, um, we, Tell we... us
1: then what you had to do, like,
0: well this is it like this is part of the reflections of it so I noticed that I didn't really think about it kind of we just popped the date in the diary it was I was going to go in on a Friday we both had time free to do it then I was just going to go in train as normal I didn't I don't calorie track now I don't weigh myself now I don't do any of those things it's just my existence revolves around I go for a walk because I really enjoy it with a dog you know so I I am fairly active in that way I go jiu-jitsu and I lift weights because I enjoy it and I makes me, puts my head in good space as well. I eat mostly non-processed foods, but I also eat confectionery every single day. So I'll have sweets or have chocolate or biscuits or that's normally in my diet every single day, but just not loads of it. So with my, I guess my body image and my relationship with food and how I feel about myself in a pretty good position, I felt this was the right time to do it. So I noticed a few days before all these little little niggles all these echoes from my past started creeping in or like oh could we do like a little little bit of fasting or do we want to cut down our carbs a little bit on this week so the picture's come out better or at this point you'd be doing a depletion session oh you'd be manipulating water all of these little things that past me would have done in preparation for this i got really nervous like really quite anxious about it because a topic for another time but my my time dipping my toe into bodybuilding wasn't Really about bodybuilding, Mm. I came to realise it was more about body revealing because I was hugely fat phobic. Because whenever I'd go through phases of trying to add actual muscle, pushing like six thousand calories a day, I hated it. I hated eating. I hated the way I looked. I was force feeding, stronger than ever from a performance standpoint. And the interesting thing about bodybuilding, right, is it's an acceptable norm that you get shitter closer to competition. So you look amazing, but you're weak. You've got no energy. And we, we said again, we celebrate that again, like all different sports and their own metrics. But, um, a lot of mine on, again, just personal reflections is being an overweight, heavier child and through my teenage years and being subjected mm-hmm. to ridicule and stuff like that. It was seeking to put some demons to bed through the physique sport because essentially I was invisible, you know, from a, just uh, invisible or, or highlighted for all the wrong reasons. So to highlight myself for the positive reasons, I just I don't like being judged on my appearance. I don't like being scrutinized on my appearance and putting myself in front of strangers to judge my appearance didn't make me feel any better about myself. Also, I hated posing. I hated posing. I
1: hated
0: hated being the center of attention. I hated being on stage. So for me, it was never really about competition I was never there to compete I was there to get as lean as possible and prove to myself I could do some things but as you know when you go down the lengths of that is whether it enhances it or it diminishes it your relationship with food is never the same no and there was a lot of work coming out of that anyway that's a long way of saying it's in a good space we had these pictures taken literally it was just arrive I was sweating like I had sweat dripping down my armpits Aww. I was so nervous about it I um I didn't want to tan the only thing that I didn't do I did do which isn't entirely transparent which I, I did kind of say on the initial video, is trimmed up a bit of body hair you know after you're 30 start sprouting up on the back of your neck and on your shoulders which I never I had
1: don't to... think that I mean that's not it will do you do that anyway though because my yeah husband, I do that anyway I, I, do, do yeah, anyway. I didn't do it yeah I didn't do that. yeah
0: Yeah, I didn't do that for the show, Um, but I didn't do anything else. I didn't tan. I didn't. And even Lloyd, he said, like, do you want to have a little pump up and stuff like that? And I said, look, I don't want to do anything. I just want you to document what you can do. So Lloyd, the the guy that's filming it, Ellie took the pictures. They move lighting around. And it was simply just through manipulating my body positionally, what they could do with lighting and what they could do in post, just touching up pictures and stuff like that. They even gave me a bit of a tan in post, what they could do. And if I was to share that as a before and after without anyone knowing what I did, because they knocked back my before picture as well, where they blew up all the lighting, like blew out any kind of definition or anything there, any shadow work is that could have been a believable before and after. And I just wanted to use that, especially from a male perspective, because I know there's quite a lot of makeup tutorials that do that. I think which make mm-hmm. up on, this is how I contour my face and a lot of women that kind of shown what out of leggings or setting leggings lower and what they look like higher and positioning with bum positions and stuff like that. But I don't see a lot for men. So that was a very long way of answering your first initial question. And I do apologize.
1: No, it was a great answer. It (laughs) was a great answer that actually, I'm going to bring in a question here just because you touched on it there. So one of my clients asked, how's body image different for men to women? Is it
0: I think it is different in terms of what people focus on. It tends to be f- focused on leaner, more muscular. There tends to be quite a linear, predictable pattern for how male body image has evolved. And I do think consider it more of a, an evolution than compared to women's because even if you look back at da Vinci's like Vitruvian man, you know, the, the guy with the eight limbs and you've got Yay. Michelangelo's David and all the statues in Rome, they're all stacked guys. And they've just continued to get leaner, bigger. You look at Action Man, how Action Man's evolved from the 1960s. You look at how much more stacked our superheroes and our movie stars have got since the 80s. It's quite predictable. And that's just got a little bit more extreme, a little bit more unbelievable, arguably as well. But the actors, even though they will talk about the lengths they go to, people will still aspire to be like them. People still buy men's health. Whereas for women women have been subjected to impossible standards. Let's just get that out of the way. Forever, forever, forever. This isn't a whataboutism. There's no question that women have been subjected to it for longer. I think the first body course, it goes back to the 1600s, which was referred to as the two bodies. And when you look at how much these things used to pour women in at the middle, is it actually used to physically disp- distribute their organs? Of course, you know, I haven't gone into the lengths of reading how, what negative impacts that had on their health. <laughs>
1: I mean, I can imagine it wasn't great.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And I think as well, so this is, it's not, you know, men struggle with body image, 100%. And I think that for me, the difference is not enough men talk about it, which is why you're so great. And women do often talk about it. And it's easier for women, women are more likely to struggle, but it's easier for them to seek support. But women might be more inclined to seek support that actually worsens body image.
0: I think guys are as well, because they don't don't operate on the same level of awareness, I don't think. And I don't mean that as a negative to guys, but I think because they are, and it's fairly new, like you could compare it to hundreds and hundreds of years to the past two, three decades where they've been subjected to a little bit more and male bodies have been scrutinized a little bit more, Not, not just their body shape, but we look at, hairlines we look at teeth we look at the lengths that men now go to to alter their appearance I mean there's 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 male makeup ranges now things like that there's more men getting Botox there's more men getting pedicures manicures all of these things so I think they're subjected to equal pressure now
1: yeah yeah
0: and arguably even the studies won't reflect that because there's something quite vulnerable something quite what I think men would term as like effeminate talking about i'm just a bit insecure about my body
1: like mm-hmm. I, I think
0: back 10 years ago um sweltering hot over summer because summer used to fill me full of dread Damn. because i i'd be more than comfortable to wear baggy sweatshirt so you've either got the spotlight on you because you're wearing something really inappropriate in the hot weather people can see you're sweating but you're wearing yeah. it out of comfort or you wear something that you're going to be equally uncomfortable with and highlight body parts of your body you're not comfortable with so I didn't even wear white until I was 30 I didn't have the comfort body confidence to wear uh. white and bearing in mind I started competing at 26 so even being the leanest I've ever been I still didn't have the confidence like I wouldn't have gone to the beach and just whipped off my shirt
1: it's crazy, quite, um, it's and crazy it sounds, amusing, but it sounds unless,
0: totally bizarre though doesn't it so yeah I mean be- it
1: doesn't like I think so many people will relate to that and will feel the same now and that's another reason we wanted to talk about this because I actually popped Dan's video if people haven't watched it it's literally just 10 minutes on YouTube and it's great I popped it in my client chat group yesterday and said, the reason I'm popping this in, I just want to know who feels a pressure for their body to look a certain way in summer. If you do just respond to this message, you know, just like emoji, this message. And I sent you the screenshot within like, what, 10 minutes, 15, 16 people had responded and that's just people that are on their phone at that time. And then there's loads of people in there who, because it's a group for past clients and current clients, loads well, feel of people. Me
0: full of dread, thinking of people seeing me in the very little kit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no. Um, it will, it it will, and it did. It helped them, and I had some lovely messages, especially from a couple of my male clients that were like, "Wow, like I've never thought about it like that. Like, so nice to hear it from a male perspective." um and I think that's really important that we do have this conversation and yes there will be differences for males and females with body image but that doesn't it doesn't matter because everyone's going to have these struggles and the more
0: yeah, we highlight together shared experiences but just to give women I guess the I don't think credit but just to to draw a spotlight on it is that if, not only have women been oppressed and objectified based on their appearance like mm-hmm. from a physicality standpoint and this is typically and historically definitely not my view but women are referred to as sex objects quite often well
1: i was literally gonna bring that up because like Fertility my whole
0: as well and they're they're used to the world as like pretty little things which i don't but that's not my belief just to stress no. that again but but typically <laughs> But then to, to counter the objectification of women, what we're doing now is we're men rather than actually let's highlight them. People are so much more than just their bloody bodies.
1: 100%. And I was brought up from such a young age, like as soon as I started going through puberty, which was young, I was like 10, 11. My parents were like, oh, my God, cover up. It's inappropriate for you to wear shorts and a tank top because men will look at you. It's inappropriate to wear tight clothes because men will be attracted to you. At the age of 11, that is fucked. That is absolutely an 11-year-old being told, only you can't wear a bikini because men will like your body and your body is a sex object. And that had a huge influence on the way I viewed my body. And it brought my body to the forefront of everything Mm. because it was like, my dad was always like, oh, you can't wear that. And I'd be like, everyone else is wearing that just because I'm curvier sooner why does that change that I can't wear what my friends are wearing? Oh, because men will look at you. Because men will be attracted to you. Like, and it made me definitely feel like, well, that's what my body's for. Like, yeah.
0: that, that's a really interesting point because I, I also think that I agree with you fully. For, by by the way, but I, I think there is a a culture of the sexualization of people in general, but much younger as well. So, mm. it, like the bikini example there. If you think about what the purpose of a bikini, like a bikini top on a on a child, is, it doesn't serve a purpose. So No, know.
1: it's not. It's not. Yeah. So is it like
0: the, it's almost like the question is why? Why do they make child's bikinis anyway? Like that's part of it. But unfortunately, but in terms of objectification, and not only got women and the forever changing bodies, you've got nineties Kate Moss. You've got like Lizzo, more body positivity. You've got Curvy Kardashian, or you, I mean, you've got every incarnation of Kardashian. It changes every two weeks, but women yeah. are trying to keep up with these impossible standards of looks. Um, and they're also got these these two different things. So you've got you've got state and trait objectification. Are you aware of are you aware of this? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So trait tends to be what they've been subjected to. So unfortunately, I have to ask you the question, knowing the answer fully. Have you ever been wolf whistled?
1: Regular. <laughs>
0: have you? Yeah, like to ask That's not women, that I'm laughing
1: because it's it's awful. Like it's yeah.
0: not they've been a- catcalled a- they've been whistled. The um have you touched inappropriately? Hang on, this is about you. Oh, sorry,
1: touched <laughs> inappropriately, yes, many times.
0: Yeah, so based on those experiences, every woman will have a certain level of trait objectification. So they will form biases and their opinions and what men may think of them and whether or not they want to put themselves in certain circumstances. So that might be to the effect. So men, for example, won't worry necessarily about walking past just to be really stereotypical construction workers. Like I, I knew exactly what you were
1: going to say because yeah. there's some outside my apartment yeah. right now and they're fucking disgusting.
0: <laughs> See, that wouldn't even cross most men's minds. Yeah. It was based on your previous experiences, and unfortunately for a lot of women, that is something you would think about. You would think about you know, sharing your location, going for a run, you would carry maybe walking down the street. I walk the thing.
1: other I walk the other way out my apartment to not walk past six miles.
0: Yeah, so, like, arguably, why, why should you have to do that? I mean, my wife will, if she has to get the train later, she will call me and stay on the phone to me till she gets to the car. You know, mm-hmm. these are just, I guess, arguably male privilege, things that blokes don't have to think about. But then you've also got your state objectification. So, everything based on your previous experiences is now heightened based on the situation. So you may have, by the sounds of it, you're not that affected, but you do go to the lengths of avoiding it. But for some women that may be real anxiety that brings them about, you know, construction people plotting up next to them or having to walk through busy environments and things like that. So there's, there's all these other things. So there are differences from that standpoint, but I think um, to, yeah,
1: I think the point of that as well is that often when people are struggling with body image and they think, oh, another diet will sort it or a body transformation will sort it, they then judge and shame themselves and think, "Well, well, how could I be so stupid? And I should have known it and make things worse. When actually this is culture, it's the way we're all brought up, it's what happens to us from childhood. And no, that's not okay. And yes, it's our responsibility to know better and do better, but you
0: don't know what you don't know yeah Um, it comes from awareness and talking about that that's the whole point is you you raise such a valuable point I mean you mentioned your parents so they are the first people to impress upon us yeah our our body appearance is I've said this many times I think I've said this to you before but I'm constantly telling my mum off I have to remind her yeah I'll often say to Mila oh you're beautiful well Mila's of an age where she has an understanding of her appearance to the outside world what I don't want her thinking her only value in the world is just how beautiful she is you know I agree I'm a parent but she's obviously.
1: like it's but beautiful as well that can be how you are as a person how you carry yourself like mm. your personality I think obviously yes it she's very very cute looking but like you've said it's that's not who she is or what you want to grow her to grow up thinking
0: well, we compliment her on like whether she's done something kind or whether she's tried her hardest or whether she's been super thoughtful or she's done something for her brother things like that so it's not I'm not saying we never say those things but when you pair that with parents that are meticulously tracking their food in front of their kids yes. or on the scales in front of the kids always
1: dieting
0: or standing in front of the mirror like pinching bits of themselves calling themselves Fat and but this gets so ingrained in our culture, in in our language, that it's we don't even notice. It's just a turn of phrase. So, you know, as parents, again, we try not to talk about calories. We talk we try not to talk about good and bad foods, but that's because I have an awareness of this the, these things because it's my job. Right. Because every, every parent out there is doing their best, and you know, again, not to rag on my mum too much, but. My mum used to have like the slim bar shakes and things like that. And she'd often say, Oh, being good or finish your plate. Think they'll never intend to do me any harm. No, but they do have a longer term impact. So now kids have their peers, what their kids, their friends are talking about. They have what they're subjected to on social media. They have everyday media that we had as well. It's, it's in their faces all the time. So this helps formalize all these thoughts and feelings as they grow up about how they look.
1: and I think people need to not blame themselves for how they feel but be curious as to where it came from maybe spend a bit of time talking about that working through that but then spend more time more energy more attention on moving forward and that brings me to another question um where to start with bi which I guess is body image
0: where to start I think it is this awareness of it, exposing yourself to more conversations about it and understanding the influences. Because there's a there's like a pathologized amount of body image out there, I think, where people think, oh, well, I worry about my body. image. I must have really negative body image, whereas there's a certain level of body dissatisfaction that everyone has
1: of course that's one thing we need to say we both yeah,
0: everyone has it yeah. like even those that you would associate as having amazing body image they have really bad days everyone does like they'd be days that's, where, you know,
1: that's like mental health as well it's the same
0: yeah. and it's not necessarily body shape it, it might be you know you wake up in the morning you've got a spot on your face that you're really conscious about it might be like a, a, a part of your body you're not that happy about it may be your general skin condition people have different things that affect them so it's understanding that it's it's multifactorial, it's a perceptive thing as well. So it's often yeah. us objectifying ourselves through the eyes of others. It's not even what's objectively true. Mm-hmm. So you could have go get your, your DEXA scan and come out as eight percent body fat and everyone else is complimenting you on your appearance all the time, but it's how you think about yourself. So it's your thoughts and feelings. So it's effective, it's your thoughts and feelings about yourself, which is changeable. Thanks to this wonderful thing like neuroscience is all those ingrained pathways and beliefs you have about yourself, it is possible to change those. People are more than happy to change the shape of their bodies, but they're not happy to do the work to focus on how they change the way they think about themselves, which 100%. Is mindset is. I know it's been bastardised into many things, but body image also has a, a knock-on effect to our behaviour. So it's, it's how much you conceal yourselves, the lengths you go to change your body. You know, Does it affect your socialising? does it affect how intimate you are with your partner are you someone that asks for the lights off during sex like can you get naked in front of you know all the uh, naked in front of people by the way in the most appropriate way people that consent to that don't go flashing yourself
1: Um, (laughs) yeah I need to take note on that um but no like I think with body image issues as well everything you've said there's so true we sometimes have to look at what else is going on in our life And why are we fixating on body image or changing our body? And is that covering some other things up? Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it's both, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Realising everyone struggles with it is super important. And like you said, I always say to my clients, what is your struggles with body image or food or, you know, training or whatever it is, what is that taking away from the rest of your life? And how do you want your day-to-day life to look like You do not want to live like an athlete. You don't. I know you don't. So you will not achieve that physique. So accept that first and foremost, and then almost work backwards. Like, why do you even want to look a certain way? Or there's nothing wrong with physique goals. I've got physique goals. I care about what my body looks like. And I'm not going to lie about that. I felt bad saying that for so long. And I was like, actually, no, because most people... Do care about what they look like they like to look nice we're all a little bit vain some of us more than others and that's okay but not at at an expense of your overall health and health isn't just physical or mental it's emotional spiritual financial career stuff family stuff sexual like you said like if people have sexual relationships like that is an important part of health so it's looking at health as the overall picture and realizing that fixating on your body instead of focusing on everything your body does for you and Mm -hmm. how it shows up for you and how you know one of the most humbling things for me is looking back to some of the habits and behaviors I had when I had eating disorders when I had problems Mm -hmm. with drinking when I was super unhealthy in so many ways I'm like fucking hell my body got through that like my body looked after me that whole time despite the lack of respect and care and love that I was showing it and on the days that I struggle with body image that's what I go back to to be like I don't care it's irrelevant Mm -hmm. how I feel about my body in this moment whether I am a bit bloated or you know I've got a lot of stress on and all of a sudden I start deflecting and being like oh well we could start doing cardio every day again no no we can't like it's, I would always recommend clients look into body functionality and body neutrality.
0: Mm, yeah. 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 That, that, such a valuable point. in again, not to suggest everyone, but un, unmet or unfulfilled needs elsewhere, I think is, is, you know, arguably why a lot of people during the pandemic is when much of their life seemed out of control, they had mm-hmm. these certain control variables. They could control what morsel, how many morsels of food went in their mouth, like how much exercise they did. So it offered some safety, it soothed them in some way. So again, a lot of the the people that are really struggling that we looked up to at that time because physically they looked very healthy is that mm-hmm. was their only way of coping because much else in their lives were out of control. But you, you, again, it, another point just to stress what we mentioned before is that separating intent to the behavior in that is this imprisoning me or is this empowering me? You know, so if it's a compulsion to do something and it's a compulsion to always strive for a better body and if I don't look a certain way, I feel less than, I would suggest that probably needs some curious investigation. Yeah. I think arguably, so I don't know how many people would agree with me. So many people will talk about improving and always having positive, like love your body, always have positive body image. I would suggest that most people, you want indifference, Yes. You don't want neutrality. It a, yeah. yeah, you don't want it to consume any part of your brain. You don't yeah. want it to get in the way of you doing things. You want to go down a water slide and not worry about how your body looks. You want to strip off at the beach.
1: This brings me to another question. Tried self-love and failed. Hate my body. Okay, that's not a question. That's, that's horrible. A yeah. Um so yeah, what you were saying applies to this.
0: Hmm. Yeah, because I I think a lot of people, there's a lot of pressure because it's pressure in a different way, right? So there's pressure to look a certain way. And if you're of the body positivity or some of the body positivity movement, it's certainly not the the true emphasis of body positivity. That's actually got roots in racism as well, but I'm not going to go to the lengths of that. Um, It's to be at ease with your body because imposing the belief on people that they should love their body every single moment of every day is totally unrealistic we want something
1: else to fail at
0: yeah and from a functionality point of view you know it's not just what physically your body can do from a training carrying you taking you for walks perspective it's like your digestion it's the ability to chew to taste to hear you know all of these other things like your heart's
1: heating
0: exactly all of those other things so there, um that's a really good point because i think that's when we talk about gratitude for your body there is the acknowledgement and that you should be grateful for something, but feeling grateful for that is totally different. So mm-hmm. when you're having a low day and you're feeling like your life shit, for example, you can rationally say, yeah, but I've got my house, or I've got my partner, or, I've got my dog, or, I've got all these other things. But in that moment, you don't feel grateful for that.
1: No, no, no.
0: But so feeling grateful for that is is almost putting that to use. And Drilling that stuff. So the same as way you practice any other techniques, maybe BJJ, or maybe all these helpful behaviors in terms of hey feed feed yourself is drill these thought behaviors. Like gratitude lists can be really great, you know. Yeah, Just, and it's
1: it's doing it even when you don't feel like it's working, or even when you mm-hmm. don't want to do it. That then installs it as a thought process.
0: It's constant work, right? This is you probably have this conversation all the time because I think people may look to us like. I think people put health professionals on a pedestal that they're these enlightened individuals that are the gatekeepers of secret knowledge. I'm still doing the work every single day. I've been coaching for nearly yeah. 18 years, my relationship with food stuff, my relationship with myself, the days where I don't want to train, but I train anyway, this is ongoing. Like this is, yeah. you don't reach an outcome. It's not an end point. It's, you have to keep doing the hard stuff.
1: It's a forever thing. It's a constant journey. And then yeah. other things come up. And you're like, oh God, that affected me so many years ago. And I didn't even realize. And I think the whole self-love thing, again, the way I get clients to think about it, I'm like, okay, so do you only feed and bath your children or your pets when you love them, when they're doing everything perfectly? Because if that's what you did, your children would never eat. Mm -hmm. Like your dog would never eat. You love them unconditionally because of everything they add to your life and You know, when they're there for you and the fact that you have all these amazing memories together, your body is the same. Like, you don't have to love yourself to take care of yourself, to be compassionate, to do the things that you've just said, like train when you can't be asked or work on your food relationship and question these things. Moving away from influencers, posting photos in their underwear saying self love will be one of the best things you ever do. And I think really diversifying. Your social media feed for all different shapes and sizes and types of bodies, like not just male and female, like all different types of humans, all different abilities and disabilities. Like that's something we haven't even touched on because we haven't had time. But
0: we haven't even touched at- on your 12 week thing. That was the intent of this. Oh, talk. No, I
1: know. <laughs> You've but made this
0: about me and I'm my worst subject. No,
1: it's not because I wanted to ask you about the video. but And the the reason as well, so the 12 weeks that I dieted for my shoot, I obviously had my shoot. I mean, you were talking a few days ago. And I had asked my photographer to, you know, when... I don't know if people listening to this will know, but you have a photo shoot, they take loads of photos, you pick the best ones, and then those photos are edited. So... I'd asked my photographer, could I have the edited ones and then the unedited versions? And he was like, yeah, absolutely fine. (laughs) Sent me them all through. And I looked at the unedited ones, which I'd already seen because I picked them to be edited. And I was like, I've weight lifted for 17 years. I am 34 years old and I've eaten well because I'm qualified as a nutritionist for seven eight nine ten years like my body is so different to a lot of the people that come to me for help I'm privileged I can afford to go into a supermarket and buy what I want like I'm a small white female you know all of this stuff and I was like the unedited photos are great (laughs) so I didn't want to put you i would had a tan I had dieted for 12 weeks I'd had my hair and makeup done you know I'd bought new outfits so even if I'd had unedited and edited all I would have heard from a lot of people is oh my god I wish I looked like the unedited but I'd done so much work and have for years and years regardless of a 12-week diet weight training for 17 years has a huge impact on how my body looks. Mm -hmm. Being physically active because I'm able to be physically active and I love it. And it's something I've worked on and I do show up for myself even when I can't be asked. But I'll be honest, the times I can't be asked going for a walk, I like that. Whereas for some of my clients, it's like this when they start. So even my unedited photo shoot photos were not realistic and it wasn't something I was comfortable then creating content using. Mm -hmm um
0: well that's part of the reason I said to you is if the the images I have shared I think you do get a little bit more insight into the actual video but the images I shared of the shoe the before pictures have been edited they've been pulled back they've lit up bits condensed them etc and so of the after because I didn't want to release the raw ones not because I'm concealing anything because it's kind of irrelevant because the pictures are still of me on the same day at the same time. I just wanted to show you what you could do with just lighting just editing.
1: Which you and did. Like, like you yeah. had a like the raw,
0: the raw time images or... the raw images are kind of irrelevant in that cuz you know as I said a lot of people will use that for their marketing they would have used that before and after picture which there is a believable before and after and I could have said 8 10 12 weeks which is what a lot of people do.
1: Yeah 100%. And so yours was a realistic representation mine wasn't and wouldn't be and I didn't want to lead people to believe that it was I didn't want to feel like I was raising awareness with an unrealistic representation because my body doesn't look like that now as in like you know and another question we got was how much weight have you both gained since your shoots? Well Dan didn't diet for his shoot but my weight in like it's just over a couple of weeks. It's gone up like five to seven pounds.
0: I do think, if you don't mind me saying, I do think there's still a little bit of value in you sharing yours because I think that just shows. So it's not necessarily to suggest a less than or worse picture, but there's still value in, look, there is a difference between these two pictures. I mean, there
1: because, hardly is, if I'm
0: honest. Oh, okay.
1: So you, that again, <laughs>
0: you ask, you are, but I mean, there's that transparency in saying, look, I asked for these to be edited and the, yeah. the fact is, if you wanted to, and with the tools that a lot of photographers have and videographers, et cetera, is you could have said, okay, I want you to accentuate my shoulders, make them look a bit broader. I want you to bring my waist in a little bit. And no one would be able to tell the difference. Oh, I, I if know even, what I might
1: do. I wonder might if the
0: keep... models can do that, to spot the difference in their own picture, people that do that for a living.
1: I might get him to um, edit them, like you said, so bigger muscles, smaller waist.
0: yeah. I mean, then, that'd be quite a cool experiment. So then you can see the before, the raw and the, the altered version.
1: Because I have a big issue. Well, I don't have a big issue. I guess it's a bit of a bugbear. And I used to do it. So it's an issue with my past self. You know, influencers in great shape that twist themselves into positions and find roles on their stomach. Roll
0: of skin, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, and that would kind of have been what I was doing with that. And that's how it would have been potentially. And we can't please everyone. Like, that's what we were laughing about at the start. Like, we can't cover everything from every angle. And we are just doing the best we can for the clients we work with to raise awareness of issues that they all struggle. Well, most people struggle with. But it would have been perceived as, like, someone in great shape that's had a tan, that's worked with a coach for 12 weeks, that's bought new outfits, versus an edited photo that looks... A little bit different, but not—it's mm. not relatable, basically. Well, well, the
0: powers in the story and the endearing yeah. thing I hugely respect about you is that you have been one hundred percent transparent in that. There's nothing. There's no conceding of that. It's just—I think the reason why I wanted to do my video and the reason why you're having this chat about yours is because. People don't talk about these things. They don't, when they put an Instagram picture out and they put like a philosophical quote underneath is they don't say, oh, by the way, I dieted for 16 weeks for this. I carb loaded, I depleted. I asked them to be edited as well. They don't say those things. So you're still being transparent. I know you need to go.
1: Yeah, my client's here. But you're going to sort the audio on this, aren't you? And then we can get it uploaded.
0: Yeah, I'm going to send you it straight away
1: amazing thank you so much for that I'm sorry we, ha- we didn't answer all the questions so what I'll do I'll whatsapp you them and then you can answer them on your story if that's all okay, right
0: yeah 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 of course I was I did a live earlier in the week and it just disappeared it wasn't in my archive so I'm going to do another one probably Friday but you need to go so thanks for thanks. listening anyone. yeah bye
1: See you soon.